0: Zigzag and One, a place where we honestly discuss how to navigate the zigs and zags in our crazy lives. Expect heartwarming stories, some laughter, and maybe a few tears as we embrace life's challenges and choose joy over a momentary defeat. Today, we will hear from someone whose life has had some unexpected turns, but chose to keep moving forward. What do they learn? Some valuable life lessons. Zigs and Zags are also part of our host, Melanie Brown's journey. She too had to find the determination to never give up. What are we waiting for? Let's dive in. Hey, thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Zig Zag in One podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Brown. My guest today is an author, a book lover, and a big fan of paper planners. But She has an allergy to paper. Oh, the irony in that. For three years, Bethany Jett experienced painfully dry hands while under a deadline to finish writing her book, Platinum Faith. She's joining me today to share about both of those great topics. Bethany will have been married to her military man, Justin, for 17 years next month. They have three sons and a sweet and sassy Pomeranian. She's authored or co-authored seven books, with a new book releasing this fall. Additionally, she's a marketer and co owns Platinum Literary Services and Serious Writer, Inc. You can learn more about Bethany at bethanyjet.com. And that's JET with two T's. I know you're going to love hearing Bethany's story and all about her book. Join my conversation with Bethany Jett. excited to have my guest, Bethany Jett, with me today. I took one of her social media classes at the Blue Ridge Christian Writers Conference several years ago, and it was during that time that she was in the middle of a mysterious zigzag that impacted her life in many ways, but most especially as an author. And I've been looking forward to discussing her journey, but also her book, Platinum Faith, that she co-wrote with Michelle Medlock-Adams. So welcome, Bethany. Thank you so much. I am so excited to spend time with you today. Same, I've been looking forward to this. So in your book, Platinum Faith, you introduce those zigzags or struggles with these words. Currently, the opposition I'm facing has to do with my hands, the instruments I use to tell stories, to share content and to write books. So describe what was happening and the journey that you went through until Dr. T discovered the problem and gave you a diagnosis. We are thankful for Dr. T. Can we just say that? (laughs) Yes, we are thankful for doctors for sure.
1: Um, If you've ever had dry dryness in your hands where it cracks, especially in the winter, you know how painful it can be to touch. Yes. So hand sanitizer has been a nightmare during COVID. (laughs) Oh, I bet. So we just didn't know what it was. you know, we thought maybe it's a dermatitis, had different doctors look at it, you know, prescribe creams, and nothing seemed to work until Dr. Teep looked at my hands, he palms up, you know, looking at my fingers, and he said, "I know exactly what this is. I just don't know what's causing it." And that was music to my ears, Melanie. Of <laughs> like, course it was. So he said, "You've got healthy pinkies, so I can tell by where the the dryness on your hands is you're touching something. There is something that you touch that is causing this. So it's a contact allergy. We just need to figure out what this is. So they did a full back panel, came back and it's colophony Has anyone ever even heard of that word? <laughs> I had not, not until I read your book. Well, the nurse hadn't either. She's like, what's this? <laughs> so that was off-putting for a moment, but so colophony is basically pine resin and it is used in paper manufacturing, anything adhesive, plastics, actually a lot of plastics have it in it, anything that's waterproof or coating. So the broom handle for outside or even, you know, try to skim the pool because it's got the coating on it. It's in that too. So uh, I wear gloves a lot when I'm touching any kind of paper, stickers,
0: anything. So how long did that go on before you found out what it was? I think it was close to three years before we figured it out. That is
1: a long time. It was rough. Um, you know, Michelle and I wrote this book, Platinum Faith, and we were also in, in the middle of writing a second book. Two books at
0: once sounded like the dream, but it's really <laughs> hard to do. <laughs> um, but uh, we, yes, two at one time is a lot of work. It was a lot. And, they were, you know,
1: we're in our deadline, and so my fingers are... I, try not to be gross, but they're cracked open, especially the fingertips, because I'm on the keyboard all the time, and at one point, I think I had nine out of ten fingers band-aids all over the tips of my hands so I could keep typing
0: to get this book written. It was crazy. I, I just found it so fascinating, because to me, having a paper allergy is the epitome of irony for an author, and you're also... An avid paper planner, a girl after my own heart, and you scrapbook. So, how did you work around your allergies during those three years before you knew what it was? I had no idea it was the paper and the stickers,
1: right? Like all the things that you'd write. Really, no clue. So, it, you know, I just kind of, but well, we've talked about, you know, boys, you kind of just toughen up a little bit, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> You kind of just do do it anyway. Um, I think as a result of the three years, though, I became uh, very conscious of when people make excuses for why not to do things. Because so I think, listen, if I can write a, a book with bloody fingertips, you can write a book <laughs> with normal fingertips, you know,
0: um, you just do it anyway. So you really had bloody hands at times during those three years. Yes. And Looking back, can you you think, oh yeah, it was the paper, me being around paper during those times? I can pinpoint the day it started because my
1: husband's in the military and we were driving from Florida overnight to Mississippi. We had to get there in one shot. And I was driving my friend's car and I drove the whole way. And the next day, um, the skin between your thumb and your index finger was starting to crack. And I thought, it must've been the steering wheel, maybe the leather yeah. or touching something. And then um, Mississippi had some kind of like something in the water where it was like, you couldn't go in there. You could get some kind of skin infection. And because it didn't stop, I thought maybe something in the water is happening. So it progressively got worse. The more I was touching anything with colophony that's part of the problem is there's no cure for it. So the more you touch it, the worse it gets. So I thought I was really kind of blaming the water, the drive, I mean, it, there was never a time where I t- touched paper and it happened immediately. It always waits a little bit. So the breakouts would happen a day or two after I'd had contact with it.
0: So th- there was never a way to figure it out. That is so interesting. And that had to been stressful knowing that something was going on and you just could not figure it out. It wasn't a, a, a true cause and effect situation. I do this, this is happening. That exactly. had to been terribly frustrating. It was,
1: and um, um avoidance is the best thing, but sometimes you just can't. You don't have time to put gloves on, you don't want to put gloves on it's hot. <laughs> I mean, one time I'm signing books at an event, and I'm wearing you know gloves, and I've got sweat just pouring down into them because it was so hot in the room, and I'm like, I can't take them
0: off, but I can't leave them on. It's just you know just you just deal with it I guess <laughs> that is just crazy, but I remember distinctly during the time before you knew what it was. And even after, you had these great social media posts, and they were so funny and vulnerable. And it was obvious that you were struggling, but you weren't letting it wreck your life and your attitude. And I just found that so endearing, but also made me realize that there is a choice in how we respond to things. And I loved how you responded to it. How did you keep such a positive attitude during those times?
1: I remember we were joking about when I was going in for the test, um, Dr. T, who I love, before we knew what it was, he said it could be, he actually said paper. He said it could be formaldehyde, which I guess is an ingredient in some paper. So we were joking about it for a week. Like, wouldn't that be crazy if it was paper? But, um, and then when it was, (laughs) it was just nuts. But, you know, I think, in this grand scheme of things, there's a lot of people who would trade places with me in a heartbeat just sure. to have an allergy here. And so if I think about it in those terms, this is really not that big of a deal. Like I can, this is something I can live with. It's not going to kill me. And um, I think it's kind of funny. I just thought, how can we make this into kind of like a marketing thing? But I don't think people believe it, Melanie. I think they think it's a joke. Like if I put author with a paper allergy, nobody comments on it because I think they think I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: Well, somebody who loves writing, I I connected with you completely because I'm putting myself in your shoes and I'm thinking, I read books constantly like you. I love my paper planner. I used to do scrapbooking. I haven't done it in many years since our boys are older, but I'm thinking of all the ways that it would impact me, not, not just as somebody who loves to write, but just in general. And I'm, I'm thinking, I just can't even imagine. And she just is so hysterically funny about it. And, and that was, again, very endearing. I just thought oh, that that was you. fantastic. Tell me something that was really funny that you've had to do since you've known your diagnosis when you've had an outbreak or how to avoid getting an outbreak.
1: There's also some fragrances that came up in the panel test. So there were like four different things that came back that I shouldn't touch ever. Um, but so one thing, it's kind of gotten me out of having to do dishes and sometimes laundry. <laughs> <laughs> because the soap is a little too harsh and I can wear rubber gloves for that too. But, you know, so that's been great to get the boys to be doing the dishes more and passing that job off because mommy's hands don't need to do that. Mommy's hands can do something else. And, um, you know, laundry, if you've got dry skin, especially it's winter right now, I know a lot of people in a lot of fields deal with, you know, just dry, cracked skin. But, um, during one of the, I guess, outbreak or whatever, clothes pull at my skin, just folding clothes, folding laundry, just they get really rough. And so that's been another job that I've been able to get passed off, you know, to the kids. So I think it's kind of like, I'm just taking the perks of it.
0: I lo- that's fantastic. Now having boys myself, I think it's very important for us as moms to teach our boys how to do things in the house. And so I struggled with that because of course they, they weren't as cooperative as I had hoped they would be when I was trying to teach them those things. But I'm, I'm hoping that your boys are like, sure mom, I'll help you. Well, <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting the bonus in, in not even realizing they are in being prepared for married life in the future we always tell them that we kind of threaten them with the
1: idea of being that kid in college. You know, you're not going to be the stinky kid in college. You're not going to be the dirty kid in college. You're not going to be the kid who doesn't know how to do laundry. You're not going to be the kid who's eating ramen noodles every day. So, you know, I'll I'll tell them, I'll get you an instant pot. It'll be your graduation gift, And here's all the things that you can make in it. Everyone will come to your room and love you because you are feeding them and it's easy. (laughs) So we're just kind of like peppering them now with like, you need to know how to do this. You need to know how to do this. You need to know how to do this.
0: Well, they'll, they'll thank you. I know they will because I've, I've, our boys are out of college and in college. And so they have said how much they appreciate knowing how to cook and knowing how to take care of themselves. And so there, there is benefit in, in what they are getting to do. Your sons are getting to do. And future daughters-in-law. That's I mean, exactly right. No, thank you. you. Right? <laughs> they I'm will the thank Lord. you. <laughs> <laughs> So let's shift gears if we could and discuss your book, Platinum Faith, because I, I just, it is an excellent book. You use a lot of what I say as a teacher, it, it perks up my ears because you used a lot of research and knowledge about what platinum is and what the properties are, and then you tied it to faith. So how did you choose platinum, a metal to describe faith? Um, So this book was co-written with Michelle Medlock Adams, like you mentioned.
1: Um, She's my best friend. She's also my business partner. And so when, three years ago, I think it was, she came over to my house for a visit and she said, I think we should start, we were both freelancing separately. She said, I think we should just maybe come together and start a company together. So we were thinking of names and she's blonde and I'm blonde. So I was just thinking, I was thinking of a playoff of platinum hair color really was where it started. So then I started researching platinum the metal, and and that was it. It is such an incredible metal that I think often gets overlooked. We think about it flashy for jewelry. Yes. But one of the elements is how useful it is. It's in smoke detectors, it's in catalytic converters, there's cancer fighting agents. Like there are so many uses for platinum. And we just thought this is that's what we named our company, Platinum Literary Services. And so then we're like, this could be a book about faith too, the same characteristics that we love for our company. What if this was how we lived out our faith walk and, and tried to be better that way? So that's where it came from.
0: And and I love how you realized something kind of not intentionally, like you didn't go into it going, we're gonna use this as a book topic. You went into it thinking about a business name. And then as you learned about it, you were like, wow, there is so much tie-in to faith in God. And, and I, and I love when God does that, when he, when he just does that aha moment for us. I I think that's fascinating. And so during the book, you talked about 12 different properties and we're not going to have time to go through all of them, but I did find it so interesting the way that you and Michelle bounced back and forth, but you talked about the different properties and shared how it related to faith, but then you gave so many great examples of how it applied in your lives. And and I found that so helpful because sometimes topics like that can be a little abstract. You go the step further and you share stories about how it applies. And then all of a sudden, for me as the reader, I was like, oh yeah, now I get it. But I'd like to talk about a few of them and just you give a little bit of information that you shared in the book. One of them is an all-in kind of faith, the kind of faith that isn't moved by circumstances or outcomes. And so we've already kind of talked about that with your own story.
1: Michelle took the lead on that chapter and we were on the phone. I think we we're both you know, headed to go speak somewhere. And she was right in the middle of a crisis with her grandson, Bear. And he had a brain tumor. Well, he still does. It's on his brainstem, but it controls oxygen levels. So it's inoperable. She was going through this period of time with her daughter, with her grandson. They're trying to figure out: is it cancerous? You know, is he going to live? Is he? Is it growing? And so she was also then having this faith struggle too. Where is it the right time to be writing a book like this? This was a very personal chapter for her specifically. She was headed to go speak somewhere. And she said, I don't know if I can do this. She goes, I just have to have all in faith. And I said, that's the first chapter of the book. It was just during a conversation. And like we talked about with the hands, you just have to do things anyway. Sometimes you have to say, God, this is where you're leading me. I have to go forward with you. I have to just have all in faith, even though I do not understand and I am scared.
0: Yeah. And that was powerful. I think it is important for us to realize that faith does call us to be all in. And that kind of leads to the other chapters where you talk about you are useful because platinum is useful. And you just shared that. And I loved how you talked about God has a specific purpose for each of us and that he will equip us for it. That's the chapter I believe that you wrote. Tell me more about that chapter. It's so interesting when you think about the seasons I think that
1: God has for us where sometimes he's using us in quiet ways. And sometimes he's using us in flashy ways. Is what, I think what we called it again, referring to platinum being the setting of jewelry, you know, it's beautiful. It's shiny and everyone can see it. And then sometimes I know for me, there's been times where I'll see someone speaking on stage and you know, my heart just beats a little faster thinking, you know, I want to do that someday or whatever goal it is or dream in your heart. You see someone else doing it and you think I want to do that too, and those are the flashy types of platinum, and God's using those people, but then sometimes, I think for a lot of times, he's using us in those quiet ways, those catalytic converter type of ways, or smoke detector ways, which we talked about in the book, and, <laughs> and the thing with the smoke detector, you know, we forget about it, and we take them for granted until something goes wrong. If you're having smoke detector faith at the moment, when the fire is there, you have to make noise. And so you have to be ready in season for God to use you whenever that is. And, and I think sometimes we don't like being in the smoke detector phase, you know, the quiet behind the scenes, And but God's got a purpose for that.
0: He does, and all of those are so important. And if we're all doing what he has called us to do, then life is gonna be such an amazing event for all of us because we're all using our gifts and we're all contributing to each other. It's a beautiful thing. One of the other ones, it's hard for me to choose. I'm looking at the list of all the different properties and we don't have time to discuss all of them, but you can withstand the heat, I think is extremely good, especially during this time because it's been a time of heat for everyone in different ways. That's one of the the cool things about Platinum
1: is that it is heat resistant. I don't know if that was actually the scientific term. And we are very clear to say we are not scientists, you know, when (laughs) we started the book, kind of doing the research on it. As soon as I heard, you know, or read about platinum being able to withstand the heat, it was just such a quick and probably the easy, maybe lazy metaphor, just, but it works so well in life. How often do we get into these situations where life is hard and the heat's turned up and you either choose to succumb to it or you have to go through it? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the best illustration. I mean, we had to pull that in. I could not. I love that they say to King Nebuchadnezzar, our God can save us. But even if he doesn't, he is still God. I'm like, that's the kind of faith I want to have. Even if he doesn't heal my hands. So what? He's still God.
0: Yes. I love the one about your faith shining brightly. Because again, like you say, we think of platinum, at least women do, uh, uh, of rings and, and the shiny part of it. What did you talk about that your faith shines brightly just like Platinum does?
1: Yep, this was Michelle's. This was a fun one to read. I so enjoyed reading um, her chapters and her insight into the metal and then how we were doing it. And she starts off the chapter with that song that so many of us learned if you grew up in church was that um, this little light of mine. And Platinum is a very, very shiny metal. It doesn't tarnish easily. And so when you think about faith, so many times I think when we're just going through stuff, this has been a hard year. This year has been collectively, globally hard for all of us in different ways. And yet, in Matthew, we're still called to shine. And so the question then becomes, when circumstances change, how do I still shine within those circumstances? Even if my light's getting a little dull, it's God's word, it's him who's going to help us then continue to shine for people who, maybe their light's out
0: and they need us. It was a great chapter and great illustrations. And then your chapter was that you can resist corrosion.
1: This is one of my favorite chapters too, because I was thinking about toxic people in our lives and how easy it is to be taken down a bad road, almost easier than it is to pull somebody out of that situation. Indeed. When we were in youth ministry, you know, there's this illustration where you get somebody on a chair And is it easier to pull that person up onto the chair with you? Or is it easier for them to knock you off the chair? Much easier to pull somebody down. And we would just use that as the illustration to kind of go with this. But I always say platinum is happy being platinum. It can be next to other metals and it doesn't change itself into something else. It doesn't compound Mm. easily. And so even if something is corrosive around it, it's still, it's okay being who it is. And I think I need that reminder a lot that... It's so easy right now to start going down a path where it's not biblical, but it's very popular. And I have to think I can be around these people. I can be on social media where a lot of this is happening, but I don't have to be that person. I can resist and really
0: pulling from God's word, the strength and other Christians to be able to do so. The way that you and Michelle compared the properties of platinum and how it impacted our faith and how those things can live out in our lives was just absolutely beautiful. But the thing that really got to me was how you ended the book. So you encourage the reader to have platinum faith. And you say, may we have a faith that is bold, easily shaped, resistant to corruption and evil, untarnished, reflective of God's love, valuable, precious, special, and rare. If we had a faith like that, Bethany, wow. That would just be an incredible testimony of God through us. It's not about us, but it's about God and what he has done in our lives and how he has shaped us. That sentence stuck with me for about a week after reading it because I kept going back to it thinking, I want that kind of faith. Me too.
1: (laughs) It's interesting. We pulled different Bible characters for each characteristic but there wasn't one and i'll say aside from jesus who's perfect in every way but there wasn't one person who demonstrated all of them and so michelle and i really realized it's kind of like some of them are easy they come very easy to you and some you work on some are the hard ones and we kind of felt that same comparison like there were some aspects of platinum that were easier for me than michelle some that were easier for her than me and then it was like okay so these are the ones i need to work on and for both of us i'll be quite honest Um, the respond um, versus react chapter about platinum isn't responsive. We, we still talk to each other about that. And it's two and a half years since we were writing the book or it's come out and, you know, she'll call me and she'll say, okay, I need to call you because I'm about to react and I need to respond. I mean, we, this is literally three times a week. And so we're still stuck on that. (laughs) We're both still working on that aspect of platinum faith ourselves.
0: I have so enjoyed spending time with you, talking about the zigzags that you faced and having the opportunity to tell you how much your social media posts during that time encouraged me and made me smile. And I was rooting for you. Thank you. Uh, Having the opportunity to read your book, took a ton of notes, found so much valuable information in there. And it was such a joy to read.
1: Thank you. That means a lot. It really does.
0: Well, as we wrap up, Let's talk about your one takeaway. What is it that you want the listeners to remember about our conversation today? Pay attention to where
1: the attacks that you're getting are directed, because many times the area of attack
0: is actually your area of purpose. Coming from somebody who has a paper allergy and is a writer. Yes. (laughs) And I agree. I've had that same, same situation happen to me as well. Well, Bethany, it has been a joy spending time with you today, and I appreciate you just interacting and, and sharing your story and what went into writing the book. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I just love Bethany's enthusiasm and energy especially in light of knowing she will struggle with her paper allergy for many years to come. I'm intrigued by the idea of having a platinum faith. The tie-in to the properties of the metal platinum wasn't only clever, but it's also a great way to encourage us to have a faith with those same characteristics. Platinum Faith and Bethany's other books are available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and other online retailers. I encourage you to order her books today. Thank you for joining me. Please share this episode with those who need encouragement as they encounter the zigzags in their lives. I truly enjoy interviewing women like Bethany who keep moving forward despite the zigzags they face on their journeys. We can learn so much from them. Join me next time for another power-packed interview. Until then, keep moving forward.